Welcome to Creative Leadership with Heart, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of creative leadership. I'm your host, Regan Nassol. Join me as we explore the transformative impact of heart-centered leadership in today's creative and design organizations. Hey, what's up, all? Thanks for checking back in. Today, I've been looking forward to this chat. Um, a good friend of mine. This is Andy Lerma. He is the global design lead at Netflix. Um, Thank you for joining us today. I know you, you're busy. I know firsthand how busy you can be. So I really appreciate you taking the time with us. Um, so yeah, just, just want to jump in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey mm -hmm. as a creative. Um, mm -hmm. What attracted you to design? And then how did you know that it was the career for you? Wow, great question. Um, I guess since, well, since being a child, um, I was an athlete kind of um, artist. And when you're an athlete artist, they usually kind of say pick one because you can't really back then in the, the early days, earlier days when things were a little different, they, they cut the coaches and just um, mentors just made you pick one. And so I, I chose to be an athlete, although I knew that being an arts and just the visual design, you know, because knowing that I had this visual, you know, gift, I should say, um, that I, I was like, well, maybe someday I'll use it, but right now is not the time because I, I need to focus on sports. So I played sports my whole life. And then, uh, I don't know, you know, one thing leads to another where you're like trying to figure out your world of after high school, you're like, what am I going to do? And who, where am I going to go? And, and just, uh, I guess you could say that, you know, a few things I landed myself in a job as a runner, um, for TV shows like Herman's head, empty nest long, long time. That's aging me pretty bad. Um, and I, I worked on these shows for a few years and there was, the, there was this thing called hiatus where you're, you go on, I don't know. And I was like six weeks of paid time. And I was like, well, this is cool, but what am I going to do? And, and the opportunity fell on my lap where I wasn't really happy with what I was happy, you know, because I wanted to be a cameraman and I wasn't related to so-and-so to become a cameraman, you know? And so I had no family member. So I was like, I need to find an alternative route because it's going to be really hard to become a cameraman. And I don't really think the set thing was for me. It didn't feel the passion. So then I started to reflecting and just asking myself, like, what would make me happy? And then the irony that a friend of mine got a job as an editor and they, uh, and they were starting a, a print group and he said, Hey, they have internships, you know, if you want to, you know, like, and I was like, and I already went to school for film and television. So I was like, that's where I want to go. And this is what I want to do. So this is like a full pivot. I was like, well, I'll give it a shot since it's it's only an internship. And since they're willing to look at my book without having any art experience, why not? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I went on the interview and they were like, yeah, just come on in a few days a week and help us out. And so it turned into that. And then it turned into, hey, we really like you. Can you hang out and just for a full-time job? I was like, uh, yes, I'll take it. So that was the journey. The journey was, of course, not right into design. It was like mounting comps on boards and and just organize. And back then it was like, we burned photography on CDs. <laughs> so <laughs> I know it was, it was pretty wild. Um, there was no servers. If there was, it was more about like just having a few things on there. Cause I think it was like only like a hundred megabyte servers back then. <laughs> so which is silly. Um, and I just so happens I, I worked with all these amazing, um, art creative directors or art directors. And so I, I had the opportunity to where I was like, Oh my gosh, I can go to school here on the job. And so I stayed late for years and, and that's where I realized, well, this is really where I want to be. Uh, Cause it really fed me as far as like soulfully. And, and I, I saw the passion that it, it really ignited for my, my interest. 
And I was like, this is really where I'm excited to be. And so that's where the path started at 1999. <laughs> that's a long time ago. Nice. Um, I mean, and yeah. I, I've been lucky enough to see it firsthand, right? Like I yeah. saw, I mean, you were at Lionsgate and you did amazing work with the John Wick franchise. So if yeah. anyone's listening, if you're wondering who's responsible for the John Wick franchise, you're listening to them. Um, um, yeah. And then, yeah, we met at Netflix and you, you're where you're at now. Um, yeah. But I think one of the things that I wanted to help tell is you, there's there's an interesting path that you had. So mm -hmm. that was sort of like the the professional path, right? So like you were a runner and then you did this, you did this. But there were some other challenges that you had to face yeah. growing up as a kid and even through, you know, adolescence into teenage, into your adulthood. Mm -hmm. So I know some folks would would love to, if you could share your experience and some of the challenges you faced growing yeah, up. Absolutely. Um, that was second grade when I found out that I had a learning disability and that wasn't, it wasn't called um, dyslexic back then. They just said, uh, you have a hard time reading, so you need tutoring. And so that's what I had. I, they stuck me in a small room and and I had tutoring for, for my whole life, you know, until high school. Um, and that's when I started to realize and that, okay, I, I, I learned how to overcompensate. And so I think the overcompensating helped me figure out and get the, once I knew I had the passion for something that I knew that I can uh, learn whatever it is that I can learn, which should be, you know, Photoshop or illustrator or, or design. Um, Cause I knew if I loved it, I would fall in love with it. And I would, I would treat it the same way I treated sports, you know, and, and of course, being a visual person, because you're a designer, it, it just felt natural. So there wasn't a lot of email reading or notes. It was more verbal and, and, and just like visuals, you know what I mean? Oh, that's what we want to do. Okay. Then I'll design something like that. So knowing that that's uh, I had this like a uh, little bit of, let's just say limit limiting uh, situation. I just kind of, uh, I just navigated through always like finding myself into, like I said, overcompensating or finding people that would really helpful, maybe it, read stuff to me. But now we have programs called Speechify, which now they can read long emails to me or long memos. <laughs> so, um, and iPhones now have a speech to text, which is kind of awesome, or, you know, that you can actually hear long emails. Um, so there's a lot of, of course, with this, you know, I, I want to call it disability, this superpower. Um, it's given me like a, another perspective and another lens to look through to just be, you know, to, to really be grateful for the opportunities that I get. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of those things that I, yes, I did have this issue and yes, it gave me a lot of, them. Um, I want to say trouble to where I, I didn't, I always felt different and, and didn't really feel part of. So I, I did fall into the years of, you know, early design where I was using alcohol and drugs as, as a gateway to, to escape and, and didn't know who I was because of all the traumatic experiences that you have as a kid, you don't know how to really face, you know, difficulties. And so that was my outlet is to, you know, drink and, and use and, you know, and also too, you become really good at designing thinking that it's all based on how effed up you were or how how you know high you can be to to create something cool and i was i was honestly really afraid to get sober because because i knew i needed to get sober at some point but it's like am i still going to be able to design can i really can i still have that that cool you know aesthetic and and just like think differently and and i was really scared it was a, it was an honest fear rico and and at that point um 
I said, it's time to get sober. And whether, whether it changes my career or not, it was, um, an opportunity for me to reflect and really build, um, a new me. And, uh, and little did I know I was going to build a whole new version that I really should have been as, uh, as one of my sponsors says, is like, you're going to become your authentic Andy. I promise you. So, um, and on that journey, you do, you find yourself in, in a, you know, picking up a, a lot of um, amazing tools along the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say you blew away like who you probably thought you could have been. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And I love that, that, you know, like it's a superpower, like your learning disability wasn't something that held you back. Mm-hmm. What it did is actually opened up new perspectives for you, yes. which I love that like framing of that because some people would lean into that like oh what was me kind of thing mm-hmm. um, but you turned it around and said like okay well I just have this thing I have to work through let me figure how I can use it to my advantage right Absolutely. and you found every way you could to to turn it into an advantage and I Absolutely. love that yeah. um, and I'd like to talk more like so what were the things that you were because you're an amazing creative I knew you post recovery yeah right so yeah. I didn't really know you before right Mm -hmm. so what were those things that you were afraid of and like how did your mind shift to Mm -hmm. like no i don't need that anymore yeah i mean it they always say you know you're ready to you're ready to surrender when you're ready and i and i knew my life was um it was it was pretty much burning to the ground at that point and i was like well if i don't change things then I'm probably not going to be able to be a good father to my amazing little daughter that I had at that time. And, and that was part of the catalyst is having that, that child, I get all sensitive when I talk about her because that was partly why I got sober is because I started to see her and, and I was like, okay, I can't continue this lifestyle if I want to be a good father or, you know, so I had to make a choice, you know? And, uh, I remember like, knowing whatever the consequences were or the circumstances would become, I was willing to take that chance and just, uh, and, and just say, you know what, let's dive into this and, and figure out who I really am, you know, and and deal with this, you know, limiting situation that I have, but make the best of it. And so that, that was, that was when the beginning of the, the end started, you know what I mean? The new chapter where I get to, to lead a new life. I, that's why I now say I'm living in gratitude. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's truly amazing. Yeah, I was going to get into that next. You beat me to the punch because this yeah, is called yeah. creative leadership with heart, right? And yeah. the thing that stuck out, one of the things that and I've told you this probably a hundred times already, that what set you apart from almost any other creative that I interviewed, because mm-hmm. creative, create, creative in Hollywood can be toxic. I yeah. mean, you've seen it firsthand at Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. I've seen it firsthand working with like outside folks. <clears throat> but when I met you, you were one of the most humble, most like, down to earth and you you do come from this place of gratitude mm-hmm. um can you talk about how one what got you to that mindset and two how has that helped you in your creativity and like in your career so far oh great question um i for the first 12 years i spent um working at agencies and uh having different bosses and different creative directors that creative di- you know directed you in a in a way that probably wasn't the most pleasant or, or nowadays would be definitely considered offensive or other, other names. <laughs> and so I, I had realized I'm all, this is probably not where I want to be because if this is the way it's going to be for the rest of my career, this is not going to be fun or, or what really I signed up for as far as like 
feeling empowered to to be my authentic self, but also feel like I'm I'm being grilled all the time from you know from a creative director or the toxicity that you mentioned because it is so toxic in that environment. So I was seeking something else, and so um, when this opportunity. And I knew I knew the streaming service was kind of going somewhere. And I was like, I, and it was 2013. And I was like, you know what? I I see something different than everyone. Cause I was working on theatrical, you know, marketing at this point and doing TV shows. So I, you know, I was working at BLT at the time, like working on Batman and, and just like uh, Shutter Island and and Benjamin Buttons, like all these really big shows. Um, but it, you know, again, it's like you you weigh your you know do you want to live in a toxic environment and go to therapy every day because of how you're feeling or do you want to work you know an environment that that really kind of embraces you and makes you the best person that you are and i saw that streaming and home entertainment was you know in in digital service creative you know which is like creating the artwork for you know the media on streaming services i was like you know what that's and i saw that paid the same too so i was like it's a lot less stress and the people are nicer, so I'm in. So I, I took this. I took this opportunity, and I I applied for or I got um I I paneled for an interview at Vinesgate, and they they hired me, and I was and everyone's like, dude, you're going backwards. Why are you going to that home entertainment when you've been working on theatricals? Like, because I see something that no one else is seeing. <laughs> I I know there's going to be like a digital like floodgate that's going to open up someday because I see that's where the marketing is headed. It's going to just be all online and. I didn't know that Netflix was going to be what it was or, or Hulu or, or Apple. I did know that, that I saw a world of digital just being the same component as marketing out of home. And so that's where I just took this challenge. And I, and I guess I leaned into risk and, and leaned into my intuition. And, and also I wanted to be happy. That was the main goal is to just find my happiness and the pursuit of happiness is, you know, they call it, um, and, uh, and I got to Lionsgate and it was like a, it was like a breath of fresh air. It was like, I had an amazing boss. I, they gave me the freedom to, to pick jobs that I wanted to. I remember when they offered me the John Wick job and everyone was like, it's Keanu Reeves who I was like, I'll take it. I love Keanu, you know, point break. Yes. Um, so then I, I, you know, it just, it just so happens that that, you know, IP blew up and I didn't know it was going to turn into three, three episode series, you know, um, and, and I was going to be the guy behind the, you know, all the, the home entertainment and the, the road show and, and all these amazing assets that we got to, you know, got to create the steel books and, you know, the special packaging. It was just, it was amazing. Um, and so I, I just, I guess you could say it's timing, luck or intuition, but it might've been uh, just following your heart, I think, you know, and that's where, that's where I always say, follow your passion and the rest always follows. That's what I tell my daughter. So, yeah. And it's amazing, right? Because I have to ask, like, how did you like mm. Batman, Shutter Island, John Wick, all the things that you named, you know, you could have easily gone. You, you could have an ego the size of Hollywood, right? For the yeah. things that you've done. How do you maintain your humility and your humbleness? Mm. And what what would you say to folks coming up mm. um, about that? Great question. Um you know, it, it, it wasn't until I got into Lionsgate to where I really started to self-reflect and, and really kind of dive deeper into like finding my true self and my authenticity. Um, and I, and I got this, you know, I started to realize what was missing from my, you know, from me. And so I, I started to really like dive into, to self-help, you know, self-help books and, and, and 
mentor, you know, other designers. So as, as we brought in internships, I was the one guy who always raised my hand to help out these, these newcomers. So I started to realize giving back was a huge proponent to how it made me feel good. And so I, I started to mentor, you know, internships or just junior designers that were coming in. And so it was, it was something that really kind of fed me another way than even just being in a great and positive environment, you know? And so I, I just, saw that as an opportunity again to grow even more um and that was i think the way to always keep me grounded and humble as as you say um and i think it takes some experiences where you get some feedback you're like some things need to probably change you know because you can because when you're when you're raised or mentored you know the way that you're trained you know you you have to understand like it's a different culture now and the way we train and look at our, our younger generation it's a different environment where they you know, when they, when they handed me, like they handed me a dinner and said, okay, you're working until two in the morning. I was like, okay, no problem. You know, you can't do that now. It's, it's a different environment. It's a whole different, you know, world that we live in. And so I, I started to realize, I was like, wait, maybe some of the tactics that they've taught me aren't really valid nowadays. And so I really started to reevaluate who I was and, and how I am as a leader and change those aspects. And so that's when a lot more change started to happen, which we can get into. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we can get into that. Yeah, One thing yeah. I wanted, wanted to, to ask too is, you know, when just not, not that long ago, a few months ago, you were, you know, I'm so glad you came on to tell your story because this story mm. I think can help so many people out, whether mm. it's, you know, they're facing similar challenges slash superpowers, mm. um, things in their lives. Um, you know, I, I think it's important and you were, hesitant to, to share your story, mm. to share your superpower, to share your gifts. What, where did that come from? That hesitation? Wow. Well, it's, it's something that you're, you're ashamed of, you know, it's, it's because you, you know, I'm, I'm biracial. So I'm Mexican Irish. I should have probably mentioned that before my pronouns are he, him is. Um, and so I, I never felt like I fit in. And so having a learning disability always made me feel like, um, um, not really a part of. And so I've always pushed it down and was um, ashamed of that. And so I didn't really want to tell anyone because I felt like it was something that I was always, you know, hiding, you know, and, 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 it, and until we started talking in, in our, in our leadership, you know, one-on-ones, I started to realize I'm all, I, I'm, I'm finding my authenticity and I'm okay for who I am. And, and I'm going to, and, and until we kind of, discovered that maybe announcing it could be more beneficial to you and help others. And I was like, really? And, and that's when I think that the white light or some sort of shift in the universe happened where all of a sudden now all these opportunities for me are available now to help others and kind of tell my story, you know, and, and just like, and just be proud about it, you know? And so now I'm finally excited to share my story and, you know, happy to say that I've, I've been living with dyslexic and this learning disability for, you know, the last, you know, 49 years and, you know, and it's, it's okay. Cause I know that there's, there's still opportunity for me. And, and when you have companies like Netflix and Lionsgate, you know, that, that embrace you, you for who you are, you know, and just see you as the person, as you said, I brought in gratitude into my, my interview. That's, you know, that's amazing. Cause that's one of the things I don't think any really leadership would ever, you know, say to you. So I, it's, it's always amazing to hear that, you know, feedback. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've like, 
I would like want to congratulate you, and you've, I've congratulated you a ton. I mean, just as just you, you as a person, and how far you've come, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, like some people, like who are probably listening to this, hope to have a career as, as successful as yours. Yeah. Um, so I want to segue now into what you're what you're up to now, because because some of our conversations, you're doing a lot more work within the community. So can you kind of share? You told me a little bit about the ERG stuff. Can you share that and and some of the mentoring and things that you're into now? Absolutely. Can I? I hate to do this, but my dog is. They're they're both at the door. Oh, yeah. They're wanting to go out real quick. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure everyone listening will want my my Andy lets the dogs out. <laughs> That's a good one. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no worries. They kept making noise and scratching. I was like, okay, I'm going to probably have to let them out eventually. Um, yeah, so um, it's now, I guess, the the tides have turned and the, the shift is um, is because I've announced this, the opportunity where people are, would you be open to speaking about your story? And so I was, I was asked to speak at our ERG group to tell my story, you know, publicly to um, an ERG group at Netflix and express, you know, my, my journey. And, and I was able to say it proudly. And it's, it's something that I guess you could say that you've given me, um, our discussions and our one-on-ones have given me the, um, the empowerment to just really be proud of who I am. And, and now like all this, all of a sudden now I get like this opportunity to, to be available to, to, you know, partnership with a making space, um, you know, which is another group that is, creating opportunity for the accessibility um, community. And, and I get to be a spokesman and help them in, and understand what design means. Um, so it's, it's an amazing, you know, it's just, it's just like you, you open the door and, and all the opportunity starts to happen. It's just a matter of like pushing open the door. I think that's the key and you were helping me yeah. do it. So thank you. <laughs> no, it was, it was like, I mean, this is what I used to tell folks on the team, right. When mm-hmm. I was there is yeah, I will, present every opportunity i'll open all the doors for you mm-hmm. you have to walk through it yeah right yeah so yeah. all i did with you is really open the door you walked through and all of this stuff is because of you yeah right like all the things that you're doing is because you're willing to share and you mm-hmm. are wanting you have a desire to help so i can open doors but you you more you burst through it you like jumped through it yeah, um, so yeah. I'm, so I'm proud of you for that Thank you. And there's, there's another thing that you're also working on that you didn't mention with some underrepresented groups. Can you talk about how you're trying to get more exposure for some groups in Hollywood? Absolutely. Um, we're um, Netflix is collaborating with uh, Otis College, um, and we're creating a pipeline for underrepresented communities um, that are people of color and also all demographics. It just like it just so happens that a lot of people of color are not in the Hollywood business. And so, and, or designers, you know, for that matter, or work in advertising. So we created this, um, curriculum with Otis college and, uh, and Netflix where they brought in 18 candidates that are actually in a 14 month program. Um, and they're going to have a paid internship for six months after the, the curriculum of 14 month uh, program. Um, and they, they get their opportunity and their, their life dream to come through and, and we get to actually be their mentors actually as they go through the process. So um, not only do we get to, to be a part of it, but we get to also help curate their, you know, their, their dream and, and their, and just help them understand what they're going through and, and just like be there as a support system. 
And it's just, again, it's, it's an amazing opportunity because when you make yourself available, it just like, uh, I guess the opportunity of other people start to catch wind and like, Hey, would you like to be a part of this? And they'd be like, yes, of course I would. So I, I'm just, I'm just all about saying yes right now. And, uh, and just, and just, I, you know, and then you look back and like, Oh my gosh, I, I told my wife, I was like, I realized that I'm a part of like around five different things right now and, and all these different avenues of, of giving back of being of service. And it's, and I, and I've been wondering why I've been feeling so great, you know, and, and, and it's, and I'm not, I'm not doing it to feel good for the, the world. It's more or less for to what's feeling good in here. And it's just like, it's, it's really kind of fulfilling the cup if you know what I mean. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to share something. I didn't tell, I, I didn't ask you, but I'm sure it'll be okay. Right. When, Absolutely. When, even when we, we first started working together, mm. your goal was a, a particular title or yes. a particular job. And yes. one of the things, and the reason why I wanted you on here is mm. not only just to tell your story, mm. but you are the epitome of like leadership shows up in so many different ways than a title, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need to be a manager or a director, all these things like leadership really is how you carry yourself, how you bring others with you, how you make mm -hmm. everyone around you better. Yeah. Right. And you, if you were asked, if you asked me, you know, now what you wanted, then I would say, absolutely. You're in the leadership role. You're, you were made to be in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you yeah. are like helping so many people, Mm -hmm. get access mm -hmm. you're helping with equity in hollywood you're helping in so many ways yeah. and so i'm so happy to be part of your story even if it's just a little piece of it because of the impact you're having um in the creative community so oh, thank okay. you for for from me and from everyone in the creative community oh my gosh thank you i mean like i said it it's it's i just feel like when the student's ready, the teacher appears. And, and I feel like it, with all passions, it's, it's an old saying, but it's so true. It's because when you're open for the opportunity for, for you to grow, then that challenge appears, you know, and, and it just, you challenged me to, to just, you know, tell my story and just, um, and also like, like you don't need that, that title change to make that announcement. You know what I mean? Cause you're already doing what you do. In fact, I was just telling somebody that story today. <laughs> Cause it, cause I was, cause he's the person that I helped kind of bridge the gap between him and our, in our marketing team. And I was like, and, and I remember that story because it, it's like, you don't realize that you're already doing something until someone actually points it out, you know, and you were happy to, to just call it out what was happening already. And I was like, wow, you're so right. I don't even need this like title change to really call myself a, a leader or grow, you know, cause I'm already there. And so it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing when you get to, to realize that, you know, and, and be a part of that realization, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're getting close on time. I could talk yeah. for another hour if we, if we could, yeah. um, but a couple, one more thing. And then, yes. um, so this is, if you've already provided a lot of advice, but mm -hmm. if you had a piece of advice that you wanted to give to creatives coming up, what is the probably biggest piece of advice you would give to folks? Wow. That's, there's so much, but I think one of the, the key, key components is don't chase the check, chase the passion. So follow your passion and the money will always come. Like it doesn't matter where, what are you doing? It can, it doesn't have to even be in creative. It can just be, you know, if you want to, if you want to work at a department store, then you could be a manager or you can, you know what I mean? You could, you can do well in that fashion. So I, I always say my, to my daughter is like, just don't follow what everyone else is doing, follow what's best for you and what makes you happy because then your work doesn't feel like a job. 
I mean, because when people say like, why do you work so hard? I was like, well, this doesn't really work for me. This I love doing this. It's it's fun. You know, I mean, yeah. what what other what other job on the planet can you say like I love what I'm doing every day because I get to work in Photoshop and communicate with amazing colleagues, you know? So yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's it, people will say it's cliche, but it's cliche for it's been around for a reason because it is yeah. true. Nobody on their deathbed will ever say, I wish I worked more or I mm -hmm. wish I made more. Yeah. They're gonna say, I wish I spent more time doing this, I wish mm -hmm. I experienced more, right? The things that they love to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as cliche as it may sound, yeah, you you do something you love, the money will come. I mean, yeah. it will. Mm -hmm. And you will adjust. We're humans, like, right? Humans are just like water. We'll find a way. Yep. Right. Yep. Do you really need to make eight hundred thousand dollars a year when you're just fine making two hundred thousand dollars a year? I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. No, that's it. I mean, you you find and you know, that's just it, is like what's important to you is I guess, you know, and also because when you find what's important to you, the rest of the things just kind of fall into place. I've noticed. Um, I, I remember, I mean, I, I mentioned my wife and I, I mentioned her because I always give her partial credit of, of, you know, of who I am and what I become because of the fact that when you find your partner that compliments you and raises the bar with you, then there's constantly like, and not in a competition way, but more or less like a, that's amazing. I love the growth that, you know, there's no jealousy or enviness at all. It's like, I want to be part of that. I want, I remember when she was sponsoring like eight girls. I was like, well, maybe I should sponsor like, you know, four guys. Cause I, I don't, I only have two guys right now. Maybe I should, you know, hire sponsor more, you know? So, and you know, and she's always challenging herself. And so it really kind of raised the bar for me to always challenge myself and believe in myself too. Cause you know, you're, when you're raised from, a certain demographic or a certain culture like it's like you're kind of meant to just stay in your place and not be heard and not have a voice and so i think with my amazing partner you know i think it's helped me build my voice and and build my brand you know what i mean of who i am so that's that's yeah. the part i think that's important absolutely um okay. and where can people find you so <clears throat> they already we, they've heard a little bit about your story yeah um they know what you're up to now if people want to reach out to you what's the best way for people to get in touch with you uh you know linkedin or we can give them my email um it's andy lerma at gmail or you know there's there's a lerma at netflix i'm i'm always open i answer every emails <laughs> i don't i don't ignore people because i've had that happen to me so i was like whenever i get in a position where people are going to hold email me i'll respond you know and and I've made a point of that. And yes, I'm busy because I'll be, I will be answering emails till probably later than I should, but it's, it's something I made a pact to myself is to always pay back and give back. So if I, again, another word of advice is whatever you put in is what you get out. So it's, it is what it is. And the more you give, the more you get, and that's just the way it works. It's a cycle of the universe. And, and I love putting myself in that ecosystem, you know? Yeah. 100%. I am. I 100% agree. The energy you yeah. put out is the energy you get back. So Absolutely. if what you put out is passion and love and gratitude, mm -hmm. that is what you will get back. Absolutely. If you put out hate, unfortunately, that's what you get back too. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. So, so yeah, that's, is there anything else? Um, one last word and then we'll wrap other up. Than, I mean, other than saying thank you for, for having me come on your, your podcast. I've always been a huge fan. It's I, I, just to end with, I remember our interview. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, you were the one person. I was like, did I bomb this? Because you had such a poker face. And it was like, and little did I know when you told me how you felt, I was like, wow, that's amazing. So, you know, never, never go into interview and just like, 
think you're going to bomb, just do your best. And that's all that matters. And that's, and you never know what the outcome is going to be because and look where we're at, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. To, to, for, in my defense, <laughs> you probably learned after a while that I'm pretty even. Yeah. Right. Yes, no, yeah. I'm never too high and I'm never too low. Absolutely. So like, yeah. You'll see me and I'll be pretty even, but I, I mean, that's just, just me. Right. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I love being present and I, and I like, you know, where everything is, like everything is at peace when I'm that way. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. So thank you again for taking the time. Thank uh, you. Andy Lerma, you can catch him. He's at Netflix and he's doing a lot of great work and thank you for sharing your story and yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for checking out creative leadership with heart. Make sure you like and subscribe if you enjoy the episode. We have a lot more content coming out. So if you do like, you do subscribe, you'll get notified when we have new episodes. All right. Take it easy. See you in the next one.